Are you gay? Geeky? Just enjoy hearing your good Judy's dish about the latest in pop culture? Well, then you're in luck. The boys of Flame On are here for you. In every episode, we discuss the topics that entrance us. Whether it's comics, TV, movies, drag queens, or video games, we've got you covered. So, if you're ready for your gay and geeky slice of pop culture life, then sit back and get ready to Flame On! Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I never met a lady quite as pretty as Melody Dean. And when I laid my head down on her heart, it beat it out your name. And so I had to listen to her heartbeat several hundred times. And she was very nice about it, held my hand and didn't mind. I never put my foot in the same river twice, I don't like getting wet. Welcome to Flame On, Best of 2012. Uh, all the boys are out enjoying their new year, so we decided we'd put together a little clip show to highlight some of the best of moments from 2012. Uh, that includes some Gay Days recording that we did live at the Bear Den out in Gay Days. We've got some segments from various uh, things. If you've never listened to us before, we're a gay and geeky podcast. We cover all kinds of media, books, TVs, video games, comics, of course. We love our comics. And so this episode is really just a chance to kind of spend some time jumping around throughout the year, giving you some uh, kind of best of moments. So if you've been a long-time listener, hopefully some of your favorite moments are here. If you've never listened before, this is a great jumping-on point. Uh, our first clip is uh, some television we talked about back in January, so uh, I hope you enjoy. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> Have we all seen that in here? Oh, God. Yeah. I thought it was a joke. I thought it was a joke. I want to still think that it's a joke. I really... It's not a joke. The one the one with the flip hair? It's oh, my not God. It's stupid. It's like they took Batman Brave and the Bold as like an, an idea, but then they just dumbed it down. Back, back so it's up, Back up. Let's, oh, back let's up. tell them what we're yes. talking about. Oh, oh, yes, yes, I'm getting so ahead of myself. So... I know Batman Brave and Bold just ended. Kind of people are thinking, okay, well, what are they going to do next? I think there's going to be a Batman series as well, but they're doing yes. a new Justice League series. Which at first think, oh, the last Justice League series was awesome. Uh-huh. Some exactly. of the best Justice, some of the best. I DC got so animated. excited when I heard it. But then we saw the, I guess, pilot or the first episode or whatever, and it starts out with a fucking Super Friends theme because it is a new Super Friends. Yeah. DC Super Friends is called now, mm. and it's terrible. The, the characters are stupid. They're stupid. Oh. Everyone. Has I didn't their watch old the whole. Costumes. Did you guys watch the whole? Oh, I watched episode? the whole thing. I, I watched I five minutes. I kept in the thinking at the end they were going to make some joke, or it was going to be something that's obviously a parody or something. Or I thought it was just a thing meta. for the toys. Guys, I think DC is trying to troll us. I think I uh, please please be the case because it's so bad, uh, and I'm like okay so it's for a different audience and it's for the kids so they're making the the Justice League for the kids but Young Justice for the adults because yeah, they're very it. dark it's, that it's backwards that's exactly backwards. that doesn't make sense to me and they're not the new outfits either. No, uh, Batman. Batman. Batman has Batman the, uh, close have to the new outfits. The, the, the oh yeah, outfits. the little lines. Everybody else, uh, Wonder Woman has no chest. 
It has no chest and it has foot pair. It has the fifty. So it's what just is a it? tranny, basically. <laughs> See, if I if I'm gonna if I'm gonna be attracted to Wonder Woman, she better have big boobs. boobs. She cannot be a man wearing that outfit. Just doesn't do it. And she does. She does. Look, actually, she does. She look does like a drag queen. Yeah. It does it for you. Yep. Oh God. So uh, yeah, let's all boycott that, shall we? If yes. we had a boycott something in this uh, world, that just boycott terrible. That. But it's been a little kids. It. I mean, if my nephew gets into it, yeah, I guess I might could, get them I reading mean, books. But you're I giving it. him more taste than that. I hope. It's Wesley. So, <laughs> speaking of flat-chested Wonder Woman, actually, I don't know if she's flat-chested. No, she's got big-ass boobs. She? Okay. Erica Durant. Lo- uh, Take old bitties. Lois Lane from Smallville, formerly of. She is Wonder Woman on Harry's Law? What? All I heard is that she played uh, a woman who thinks she's Wonder Woman, and she was in the new costume that they used for that pilot. Yeah, they, like, borrowed the costume. And she wore that costume. She looked fantastic in it. Really? She could have been. Oh, my God. That's a shame. Yeah. Uh, storefront uh, Heroes on AMC. We talked a little bit about this, I think. Um, you have to read the whole thing. Storefront Heroes on AMC? No, just Kevin Smith doing a reality TV show about comic book retailers. So this is actually kind of funny because uh, our, our dear friends from a comic shop were also pitching a reality show uh, based around a comic shop. Um, in more Star Wars news, we have Star Wars uh, Underworld. Well, wasn't that for the longest time they were trying to get this show? Was it the same show I yes. knew years ago? It's the same show they've been working on for years now, almost probably a decade. And it's set between the third and the fourth movies, so in this long era of the Darth Vader rise and the Empire taking control, all that. Um, but what's fascinating to me is that it's picking up sort of the themes from the Old Republic, which I think in the Old Republic universe they spent a lot more time exploring the smuggler underworld culture. Right. So it's interesting that they're seeing that now. Are we not going to see any more freaking clones? I'm done with this clone. Oh, I'm sure you're going to see the soldiers. Like well, the, the soldiers, I don't mind, but not make a, let's make a 10-year epic out of the clone saga. No. Oh, so, well, no, because you know, after the Clone Wars. Well, it has to be after. This, this is, is after. when they're the Empire now. You know, Darth Vader, the way he got his start was he overcame the like the Black Sun uh, crime criminal organization. Oh, is that where that – because that, that's in the Old so. Republic, too, the Black Sun is stuff. Yeah. yeah, I feel like he's going to like have a, sort of a crime war with them. And that's uh, that'd be interesting. Oh, so this is my show, that's, like that's him becoming I I don't know. into power. Yeah, like how he sort of that'd got be awesome. that would be awesome to the level of Darth Vader. But now, will it be like you know Terra Nova that they spend so much money on special effects that you never? Well, it's not going to McCollum, who's well, like Lucas's buddy, who's like the producer guy. He uh, he said that they could, they're not making the show anytime soon because the 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 oh, scale so they want to do it on. Years. Yeah, the, the money's just not there. I'll be dead. So I don't it. care. Well, you know, are they <laughs> so, gunning for? And I'm only using it as an example. Are they trying to gun for like a Game of Thrones overarching? Very, that might be like, high sci-fi. That might be space opera. That might be what they do eventually but like i said right now it's all talk basically it's all talk um so we'll see now i have to admit i have not finished american horror story oh i did but oh i did i know enough that we can talk about this all right what well, do you know what they're going to be doing they haven't said oh yes they did well the specifics yes the oh. season finale ended yes. so now i was curious i'm like some new people could move in but I don't want to give too much away, and I didn't know how, what they were going to do with place. it. But now it is actually American anthology, and yes. it's going to be a totally different thing. But they thing. haven't said the setting. No, they didn't say exactly okay. what it's going to be, okay. but the, you know, they signed on for three seasons total, mm. Yeah, I think. I think so. So I think it's three seasons, but it's going to be a totally different American horror story. What shocked me the most is Constance, or uh, Jessica, Jessica Lange, oh. will not be back at least in the second series. She can if they're going to do a different setting. I know, and but that I thought bums she me was. out. But, I mean, if they stick with it, they got a brilliant cast to do this, and if they keep that going... 
Well, they did say that some of the same cast will be back, but in different roles, which is interesting because it's like, well, hmm. in TV world, usually you don't do that without being like the Darrens from Bewitched. Or, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm sure there are other famous examples of recasting. But, I mean, they're going to use the same people for different roles. Actually, so it's the inverse uh, of that. So I've been following the story. Uh, Brian, do you know what happened in the end? All I know is the story's over. I don't know specifics. I don't want yeah, to know specifics, okay. but I know it ends. So it's just the final one you haven't seen, the season finale? Like the, the second. It's just like two-part. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh. But it ends, and they're going to do something different next season. Yeah. I think that's great. I, I think, think that's, that's interesting. Brilliant. No one's done that. In a, if ever, it's been a long time in a TV series, you know. So I'm excited. And I hope it, it keeps it going, because it was dark enough, entertaining enough that I, I loved it, yeah. but dark enough that I was scared. Yeah. And I had like the heebie-jeebies. Speaking of dark, I know you don't watch Vampire Diaries anymore. Oh God, no! But haven't you been loving Secret Circle? Oh, Secret Circle, so good. It just it's came so back. good. Um, what's her name? What's the girl's name? Cassie. Cassie, Cassie Blake, who's AKA now Phoenix. Abic. <laughs> uh, she yeah. is. I love the show. It still has a lot of the same tropes as Vampire Diaries. Like, there's always a dance. They never go. Yeah, exactly. They, they never, never go to class. They're always in dances. <laughs> you know, they're all trying to sleep with each other. But the storyline is really good. The character development for the ones they're focusing on are fantastic. And uh, Brian? No, he has it over there. Yes. Oh, okay, I, I didn't know. You I know. didn't lose my. Uh, I'm pouring some wine here, and, and lost uh, my. What happened was Brian broke his wine glass, <laughs> shrugged, and poured wine in anyways. <laughs> hey, I'm a hardcore party. Um, but that's been fantastic. If you love magic, if that you like, great, yeah, you know, cheesy high school dramas, definitely watch Secret Circle, Vampire Diaries. It I don't give terrible. a terrible. Even though we don't always play that many video games, and quite frankly, we really don't read as many books as we used to. Uh, we do occasionally talk about both, and this segment coming up is a great example of that. Uh, the segment that follows it is actually one of the coolest things that's ever happened to us as a show. We actually got to go up to a comic con, Heroes Con, in Charlotte, North Carolina this past June and represent for the Nerdy Show and for Flame On. And one of the treats of that was to getting to host a bunch of different panels. I uh, got to host probably one of my favorite writers of comics right now, Jonathan Hickman's uh, image panel so it was him and some of his uh, writers for the various image books he's doing and i had a really good time so enjoy this clip about video games books and jonathan hickman GamerCon. i saw a kickstarter was launched today for GamerCon, which is going to be a, a a gay like funded and themed uh gaming convention it's gonna have other things too i think they're gonna have like comic books and like tv and movies where, where they can get it um but it's gonna be in la i believe i thought it was san francisco it's is it la the kickstarter is out of san francisco oh so okay i don't know well he's gonna be in california let's go with that there we go and it's by i remember a couple years ago on ign uh, something that really inspired me to get writing um, was a guy did like 10 rumored to be gay video game characters. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Sort of a funny article. And it got... Blanca. It, like, got, it Blanca. Blanca. <laughs> Actually, oh. Yoshi was on the list and some others. What about Zangief? I don't no? know about him. No, I don't know. He should be. It, it was a while ago. This is but an antiquated list. He, long before sh- I can. He, uh... Shush you. I'm old. And he, but he got a huge... Uh, Response, yeah, and uh, but now I noticed that he was one of the people who's who's the founder of it, mm-hmm. and him and some other people, and a guy from a, a comics uh, website as well, 
And uh, so go fund their Kickstarter. You know, if it's if it's still up when, yeah. this, when this hits the I, air. I would love to go to that. I mean, I I hope that it doesn't just do gaming because gaming is fine, but I hope it's like gay geeky stuff. It is like more of a gay. Then we should totally thing. like go. any convention you go to. It's not just one thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Or like most the, conventions, the I should presence say. Presence would be a lot bigger since it's out on the west coast. Yeah. yeah. So we need to. Go. It, it, it looked. It looked. There's a lot of great like thought went behind it, and just letting because you know, in any video game that you go and play, and if in like a public setting, like Im- immediately like. Homophobia, homophobic comments are made. Yeah, and, that's gay, dude. Um, Gamers yeah. are the most conservative group of right, and like, out there. yeah, like they should judge. Yeah. So no. you haven't like met nudists yet. Actually, they're pretty conservative. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah. So go check that out. And then also, uh, what is this Final Fantasy? Fiat Rhythm. Fiat Rhythm. It is a music game with all the music from all the Final Fantasies. No. Yeah. And I have it right here. Oh my! It is so much fun. I I'm uh, running off my microphone on a whim. I was kind of I was in a bad mood, and I was picking up pizza for dinner. And I went to GameStop. Have not been in a GameStop in years, just so you know. And I heard about this game. I played like a brief demo at work because my buddy brought it in, and uh, I bought it. And it was the last one uh, on sale. And it has like a little stylus that you put a sticker on, depending on what your fin- favorite Final Fantasy character is. All the games are there. Every soundtrack or most of the soundtrack from each of the games. And you play it like a Guitar Hero slash Rock Band slash DDR. I mean, you know, pick your favorite music game. And you, you use a stylus to kind of, you know, hold down the things and tap in rhythm. Anyway, if you like Final Fantasy and you like music games. Just so you know, this is my first time using a 3DS. I'm just like, oh my, it actually Don't let it burn out your retinas. Careful. <laughs> yeah, it, do that. I'm trying to be careful. I just like this seems really must obey the hypno tone. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, great game just came out. Awesome. Uh, there is a Deadpool game coming out. Suck it, Wolverine. <laughs> yeah. Which I don't know how it's going to play or anything, but it looks like it could be a lot of fun. I'm interested. Looks uh, like it has a lot of like personality to it. Yeah. And As Deadpool should. Deadpool. Yeah. yeah. So we're looking forward to that. What is PlayStation All Stars? PlayStation All Stars is PlayStation's is Sony's version of Super Smash Brothers. They're taking all their most signature characters like Kratos from God of War and that scary clown guy from that car driving game, Twisted Metal. Oh, yes. (laughs) As you can tell, I'm a huge fan. Crash Crash Bandicoot's in it? Nice. Um, Fat Princess. um, A bunch of other characters. And, you know, they're on the same stage and they jump around, do their special moves, and you get points for KOing everybody with your specials. Um, It looks... It's very, very similar to... Super Smash Brothers, PlayStation's version. I love Super cool. Smash Brothers. It looks cool. I'm excited. Super cool. Smash Brothers is probably my favorite game ever. So I'm very excited for that. I keep hearing the tones from the game, and I'm like, ooh, what's that? So, um, oh, wait, I have a question. You do? I have a question. Uh-huh. Can you, okay, remember in FF7 where you were in that parade on TV? Yeah. Does it have that song? I don't know. I don't know if I've done Final Fantasy VII yet. Oh. I did four first because I love four. Play, like, you don't have to play them in order, but you do play like an entire game's worth, uh-huh. and it's like the overview, so it may or may not be, uh, but that's a great song. Okay. It should be. I'm, I'm doing more um, investigation now. All right. You, you keep investigating. Jared, what are you playing these days? What am I playing? Yeah, you're always uh, playing something. Well, let's see. I started playing Terraria. Ooh, yes. Yeah, I got it. You I, like that Terraria game? That. It's very popular among the, uh, I don't know, Steam crowd. I, yeah. Jacob I, loves I, it. I got onto Steam, and you know this this gateway opened up. Yeah. 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 And 
Just been playing my MMOs. That's yeah, what cool. MMOs are you playing? Aeon or Ion or whatever. Uh, I've heard good things of that too, although it's I never really tried it. Very a lot of angel stomping. Angel, I don't know. demon stuff. You, you, know. you like that kind yes, of thing. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Is anyone playing the secret world uh, of Arietti? I have friends who what? are. What? No, oh. don't, don't do that. <laughs> Got excited. I'm like, <laughs> Sorry, what? Uh, Ghibli? I, I remember... Um, I, I talked about the secret. World. I remember you talking about it now. Okay, I, I, I have not had a chance to play it. Unfortunately, it's actually been getting good reviews. Yeah. So. I, I know it's everyone's a fun com game, which is Ooh. strange. I know everyone wants to know how my my characters are doing in Old Republic. Oh yeah, I haven't played them in two months. Uh, <laughs> I still have, have a they subscription. gotten on their knees and removed their clothes? Uh. Oh no, no, my guild probably thinks I'm dead, and uh, no, They've but actually I actually role played missions looking for you. That would be hilarious. Uh, no, I it's so, been so bad. I have not played that game, and and I keep playing. I keep paying the bill, and I do intend to go back. Oh no, and I supposedly would, it's free to play. Unsubscribe. They're doing yeah. free to play now. Unsubscribe and do free to play. Well, but I already have that level fifty. I don't want to. I want to do stuff. Get rid of it, man. Take off my clothes and uh, talk talk to people at bars, <laughs> as was my... Brian told me about some of his role-playing uh, yes. adventures. We talked about it on the show. You may... You yeah. Know, you were here. And I don't yeah. think... Well... It was let's, embarrassing. Let's, uh, let's the books, then. All right. I'm, I'm not, not reading. I'm not oh, reading. I just finished a book called The Name of the Wind, yeah. which I talked about on the show you did. previously, and did it you seemed like to it? bore everyone to tears. A little bit. But it's actually a really good book. I'm just going to say that it's kind of like Harry Potter meets... Uh, uh, Lord of the Rings through the viewpoint of a person the, the author he had just gotten through school and he sort of put all those those funny things and some of his hobbies like into the book and it's it's very involved it's very funny it's very like um what <laughs> and uh and I, I would recommend reading it the, the second book's out and the third one's coming out soon Patrick Rothfuss is the 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 main uh, actor or sorry uh, is is the author and he's uh... I missed it I was <laughs> okay also in in the novelization of the Dark Knight Rises there's a mention of the Joker it was a big hole in the movie because they didn't you know Wasn't mention like the Joker was supposed to go look for him no and... no I don't know where you heard that uh, the line is um, actually I think I have it right here hey Jared could you read that. <clears throat> The worst of the worst were sent here, except for the Joker, who, rumored had it, was locked away as Arkham's sole remaining inmate. Or perhaps he had escaped. Nobody was really even sure. Not even Selina. So there you have it. That's the line that references the Joker in the, really? dark, in the dark Knight yeah, Rises. Really? Uh, that's the big line? It's, it's so like, okay, what it's, the fuck? It's, it's Who cares? vague, but at least it acknowledges him. Yeah. I saw, a, I think it was the IGN uh, UK podcast guys who said there was a Joker hate, Joker-shaped hole in the Dark Knight Rises because mm. the... You know, his that sort of presence wasn't there, and they didn't even mention him. So. Yeah, it was a necessary thing, I think, and I know no one was very clean on, like clear on. I'm not going to have him reference because he's, you know, it's gone, he's dead, it's out of respect, that kind of thing. So. Right, right. What else? So, okay, moving on. To, All right. Uh... Before we get into the comics thing, I do want to say real quick some bookkeeping stuff. Uh, as you know, we've been off for a little bit of a break, not too long actually. Yeah, we're doing a lot of traveling. We are, and we are going to be going to some uh, comic cons coming up, and we went to a comic. Con. We should probably start talking about that, actually, a little bit. Uh, Q and I drove up to Charlotte with Cap and Tony from Nerdy Show. We went to Heroes Con. Uh, Q and I were the hosts of the Jonathan Hickman image well, panel. Brian was. Well, you were a part of it asking questions and being the, the man on the floor. Were you bitchy? I assume that you were bitchy. Oh, I well, 
He asked Hickman a question that Hickman basically just like so you shut down. No, no yeah, but it he... wasn't. He wasn't bitchy at all. I know. I no, Hickman. I, I think didn't like uh, where the questions were going, and yeah. I asked a follow up question, and he was just not having it. Yeah. So, but I mean, it was a great experience. We had a great time. We got to hang. You can with... listen to that recording of our panel. It is on the way. stream. A couple Brian uh, did things a up. Job. Thank you. I did okay for my first do, time. Do you say? Hi, my name is The Question. I'd like to ask a question. No, actually, Brian Brian forgot to introduce me at the beginning, so I felt really awkward. Oh, did I really? Yeah. Hi, oh. I'm a no-name person who wants to harass you about your work. Well, uh, No, I uh, I actually said something about him in a comic book review, and it was written on the back of the hardcover yeah. FF. Did you bring that up? Of course. No, and so uh, I oh, I, went, I brought it to him, and he, he thought that was great, and he signed it for me. Which oh, was sweet. Nice. Yeah. That was really cool. I mean, Jonathan Hickman is one of those irascible guys that you – he has a very distinct sense of humor. And if you appreciate that, it's hilarious. But if you're the victim of it or you just don't get it, it's going to be awkward. So I got a question. What have, uh, Are there any future plans for uh, Pax Romana or Red Wing? I think we're done with Red Wing, aren't we? Yeah. I just want to work on Manhattan Projects. I'll, I'll tell them how long. Tell them how long you want to work on Manhattan Project. I don't know. Oh, like, <laughs> what was it? Eight years, Twenty years? I don't know. A long time. But I, like, he's, got, he's got like two hundred forty issues left. Yeah, said. it's good. Nice. We got we got a lot of cool stuff I it was coming. The ten year plan, twenty five trades, yeah, something like that. Well, eventually those living people won't be living anymore, so you can start using them. This is true. I did put the Red Wing helmet in in Grove's office, and Hickman deleted it. So, yeah, it's definitely not inter- interconnected. This is true. This is true. Every year when people die, we look through the list to see who's interesting. So we <laughs> stick in the nice. book. So uh, I don't. I don't know. Pax one day maybe, but but we're, we're, I think we're done with Red Wing. I think we're happy with with what we did there, and and um, you know we're just going to do Manhattan projects for a while now. Awesome. Anybody else? Who else got a question? Yeah, right here. Um, I've heard you have notebooks, John, like just labyrinthine drawings and yeah, I'm I'm, I'm a little little dysfunctional in the way that I can kind of <laughs> kind of keep all that stuff straight in my head, but um, you know, like like. With Marvel, all the Fantastic Four stuff, like I knew that whole story, like from day one. I mean, very little of that was ad libbed, right? So that's a three year run, and I, I just knew it, right? Um, um, see, um, Secret is more like that than Manhattan Projects. So like, Secret, I, I know where we're ending up. Um, Manhattan Projects, I'm intentionally, for the first time ever, not doing that. Like I'm, I'm trying to intentionally not work ahead. Like I, I'm, I'm conscious. I'm like, I know when I uh, do something with a certain character that I'm going to come back to it at some point. That's just, that's just craft stuff. But for the first time ever, I'm not knowing. I, I, I'm intentionally not already working towards a predetermined conclusion. Does that make sense? Um, so, so yeah, I'm not keeping it straight in my head on this one. Who knows what's going to happen? Plus, you couldn't because I would derail it because I draw like really quirky stuff and write them. I, I draw them into corners with his writing. So nice. Well, that, that is true. Uh, Nick and I are working kind of a lot more 
like old school Marvel style on Manhattan projects than 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 we are working straight script. Uh, he he's there's uh, a little bit of jazz in there, right? Yeah, it's cool. It's it is it's it feels really collaborative. It's cool because like if I want to try something, Hickman will write something cool. Whereas if I try to do it, it would be very literal, and he makes it smart. So it's a good mix of like me being awkward with the art, and then the writing is strong. So uh, it really feels collaborative and cool. So um, speaking of Fantastic Four, um, I am enjoying the, the the series so far, and I'm looking forward to how it's going to end. Um, I know that last year everyone bashed at you for killing off Johnny Storm, but then recently you brought him back. Was that like part of this question? Was it your intention to bring him back like that to kind of like make us think he's dead? But knowing comic book worlds, they have a tendency of resurrecting characters back from the dead. Like, did you already know he was coming back? Yeah, all that was in my initial pitch. Okay. You know, all, all of that stuff, how he comes back. The only thing that I had in the pitch that we did not get to do was. Uh, you know how Ben became uh, like human, yes. right? And and he had that week, and then he got to bang his girlfriend finally. <laughs> she w- she was gonna get pregnant. Uh, Alicia Masters was gonna get pregnant, and Ben was gonna be a dad, and she was gonna be delivering the baby when all the world-ending stuff was happening at the end, right? And and, and when Johnny came back, all of that stuff would tie into. It was. It was. So, that's the only thing. That's the only thing they told me that I, I could not do. Okay. Um, because because we we want Marvel is very interested in not aging the characters, okay. and, and they think that giving a character a kid or marrying characters and stuff like that it is it complicates the intellectual property. Okay. And they're, and they're right about that. But it's one of those things where I was, I was like kind of bummed because it would have been pretty cool. Right. So. And so, how do you intend to end the story? Like, I'm not going to tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> how am I going to end the story? Like, on a very satisfactory note. I feel. I, I mean, it's going to be. Yes, you're going to love it. Extremely underwhelming. <laughs> and on my last question, um, for Manhattan projects, what direction will you continue going down with the story? Like, do you do you tend to just keep making it so vague, or will there be more secrets that will be revealed as it keeps as it keeps going? Well, we're. Because I know that you don't want to end it right now, so... Yeah, no, I mean, things are going to continue to evolve, and we're not going to know, you know, entirely where it's going. But our our entire goal is to give you a satisfying chunk in every issue and tell you a a complete story in that one issue while building towards other stuff and, um, and, and hopefully making it the most fun book on the market. I mean, that's what we're trying to do. It's supposed to be fun. You know, and evil, but and, and e- evil, evil and fun, right? Yeah. So, thank you. Oppenheimer's going to eat an alien's brain at some point. Oh, maybe, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Will that cause the alien to be one of his personalities or something? No, is that how he transfers it? <laughs> We're working on it, maybe. Over there. <laughs> Nick thinks that nobody's going to love him if he doesn't tell them special 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 information and so and so and so Nick is is a um Nick is um what is what is that uh what's the philosophical uh no not not like liability I like that I like that <laughs> <laughs> you're what's bringing us down. Now. I like it. I like it. Nick is Nick is like uh, Nick is 
this is like the second book that Nick has ever done, and he's so excited. And that's that's the joy of working with Nick. He's like he's he gets up every day, and he's like a rabbit. He's so jacked to get drawing, and and it's uh, just everything is fun, and everything is awesome, and he wants to talk about everything, and he wants everybody to know what's going on, and he's like a kid at Christmas. That's what it's like. It's like a kid yeah. at Christmas. Yeah. I'm excited to see how they're going to keep going. Oh, I don't. I think it's a mistake to think that megalomaniacs want to stay in the closet. I'm excited. Yeah. I'll just ask Nick. I'll tell you. What's the difference between Ryan and Nick? Well, one has a, a very one is very well endowed, the other is not. Nice. <laughs> um, that's, imagination. that's so awful. So awful. <laughs> um, Ask no. John why he knows. Yeah, exactly. It's different. You would think that mass and weight would not be. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. All right, so um, that's a volume joke, dude. Um, <laughs> Let's see. Uh, working with Ryan is, is well. Working with both of them is wonderful. It's why I'm working with both of them. Um, you know, the, the thing about it is, uh, working with Nick makes me feel like a kid. You know, it makes me really excited to work on the book, and um, uh, it just makes me smile. You know, just talking about it. I mean, it's just a it's just a shitload of fun. And I mean, I I, I absolutely uh, love working with him. I've I've loved Nick's stuff since the first time I saw it. I've been I have been Nick's biggest champion. Yes, I've only worked with John, and he actually got my first job. In I try, I've tried to. He was initial. He Nick pitched to be the initial artist on Shield over at Marvel. Like the, he's got pitch pages for that that are amazing. Um, I. Yeah, obviously we were fortunate to get Dustin Weaver on the book, but I mean I've pushed Nick for everything that I've done because um, I just love working with him, um, and so that that's what working with Nick is like. Working with Ryan is entirely different than that. Um, Opposite. <laughs> uh, Ryan is a is a is a craft junkie, and he's interested in everything being meticulous and perfect, and. Um, He's always like like I'll tell Nick some insane shit that we're gonna do, and he'll be like, "That sounds awesome," and I tell Ryan that some insane shit that we're gonna do, and he's gonna be like, "All right, well, I'm not sure if that works with this and this and this and this," and I'm like, "All right, fine, you're right on one of those points, and I concede, but I would rather you be more excited and just, just <laughs> and just just do what I say." And and so Ryan, working with Ryan makes makes uh, a, a, for a better craft crafted story. You know, and so, um, like, I think we're producing two really good books. I do. I mean, I've, I'm, I'm super excited about both of them, and I, I'm, I feel super privileged. Um, but yeah, it's radically different. It's radically different. From comic books to bears, Flame On covers quite a variety of topics. Uh, this past year, we had the opportunity to explore one of those, uh, the bear community, in a bit more detail. We actually attended the Gay Days 
Expo in Orlando uh, and specifically had a booth in the Bear Den, which was a little sub-convention in the larger Gay Days Expo. Um, that was actually where we got to meet our very own bearskin rug, Pat, who helped put this show together and helped me uh, find all these great clips that we're bringing to you. Um, so Oral, Eric, Jared, and myself were out there, and we had a great Sunday recording some audio and, and really just getting into trouble. Sometimes that trouble comes from our very own Oral, who just loves to open the library and read us for any little perceived slight that we give him. Uh, so before the uh, Gay Days clip, you're going to hear just a little taste of Oral. Show where where the the bears are. I'm embarrassed. Have you seen this yet? There is a new. Uh, I, I just watched Bear City the other day for the first time, and it was really Do you good. Have it? Uh, it's on Netflix. Oh. Yeah, um, but it was really good. So this is sort of like Bear City, but with a murder. And more funny, I think, than Bear City was. And it's serialized. So it's a web series uh, about bears and a murder and how they, how the murder happens and all the hijinks that follow. It's called Where the Bears Are. I will talk more about it next time when I've seen a couple episodes. Um, speaking of web series. Yes. Uh, Jono yes. told us about The Out. Yes. Which I've been addicted to. Really? And I'm super happy Jono from did. Geeks Out. Yes. Yes. Um, they... Uh, the Outs is a web series about, like, what do you do after the breakup? Um, it's really funny. It's super smart. Um, it's kind of like the... It's kind of like a HBO's Girls meets, like, Ooh. Logo, but not Ooh. in that, like, low-budget logo sort Why of way. pull all these analogies? Not, not the Noah's Ark of the Everybody. logo. Okay. First of all, you back off <laughs> Noah's Ark. Sorry, CW and CBS. Pause, hit the brakes, pump, pump. Fuck you. What? Fuck you. It has nothing you have to do with the only black show logo. No, it has nothing to do with It has nothing to do. You know I love my black men. Yes, yes. I've seen them all come in and out of your house. Oh, what are you spying on me? Third grade, you were still singing Donna Summer in your bedroom. Actually, I was singing Donna Summer right there. <laughs> May she rest in peace. Oh, oh. We actually haven't talked about that. I, I know. I, uh, I got a text message uh, from me. Eric, and I'm just like, what? 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 Yeah. Uh, and you know what? I will say this. Donna Summer, I, I wasn't a huge fan, but I was a fan. But she was actually the first. Well, no, 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 no. You, you didn't hear me out. Do you want to slap him? I'll hold him. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh. Excuse you. Excuse uh -oh. you. Bad Girls. Um, we have MacArthur Park, which is actually one of my favorites. But my favorite Donna Summer song, besides Last Dance, is This Time I Know It's For Real. Because she had the blossom hat. She was making a comeback in the 90s. It was great. <laughs> wow. It was great. And everyone, everyone was doing The Running Man. Everyone was doing The Running Man. Including you last night. Including me. <laughs> Sorry. Uh. Lord. Just a song. And like when, when she passed away, she was my first concert. I'm just like, oh. Yeah, I didn't know. Oh, maybe you told me that. Yeah, it was, it was really sad. But, you know, she, she, she went out like a champ. She didn't have any huge, like, She scandals. wasn't in a, um, 
bathtub. You know, back the hell up. Back off. You know, everyone knows. You do not badmouth Whitney in front of me. You don't do it. No, you know, but I love me some Whitney, but let's keep it real. Homegirl was in the bathtub and had just done a gram of Coke, had just taken, what are those other downers? Um, you know what? But they were classy. They were classy drugs. Honestly, I never thought Whitney would die of a drug overdose. I always knew she was a mess, but I just thought she was like a fun mess. Like, that would always be a mess until she was like 70. Technically, until she the drowned cause into of a death bathtub. was drowning. It was drowning. It was. Because she passed out. <laughs> because she passed out. Who hasn't passed out in awkward, inopportune places? Well, not in a bathtub. What, Brian? Were you kidding me? Oh, yeah. With I've with never dumpster lost exactly. contact Hamptons. of my own volition or um, whatever. Mm. No. Mm-mm. But, um. Yeah, Whitney. I know you love her. Oh. Hello. Oh, I'm so hurting. I'm so hurting. Yeah. Donna Summers and Whitney. Mm. You can do your Whitney tribute later. Okay. Oh, oh will you? Oh, God. I did so emotional oh, last Duet? Week. Did you? Oh, duet. Okay. Whitney Mariah, someone you believe. Oh, God. Whitney Mariah. Mariah. Are you going to bitch slap each other? Oh, oh, you know what? You know, actually, funny story. I was at this bar um, off of iDrive, and they do karaoke there, too. And I saw two busted queens sing Count On. With uh, like one was CC Winans, one oh was Whitney. It was both terrible. They were both terrible, terrible. I'm just like, and that's not a key. Like I don't sing on key. I've got like it's like I have to go through the key ring. I'm like, uh, that's not it. Uh, that's not it. Okay, I'll stay here. This kind of works by Jimmy. The lock a little, and uh, like, but oh, oh, it was terrible. It was bad. It was bad. Earl's calling a locksmith to uh, get the right key. <laughs> oh, is that is that now is that a shark? We have a uh, Barioki celebrity over here. We got Sharky over here. Sharky? Who's yeah. Sharky? I'm not he is a Barioki celebrity. Evident. Oh, well, well, we won't interrupt that. <laughs> Stop. He's we chilling. will not interrupt Stop. buying a shirt. Which, Speaking of yesterday, yes? um, Brian, you and I did not go to the parks, but we had a wonderful dinner at the Animal Kingdom Lodge. We did at what Boma's. Was, Boma? Yeah, Boma's. it was so good. If you're ever in Orlando and you're looking for something different. If you want to pay $40 for a soda and some African, quote, quote, food, it is amazing. <laughs> amazing. It sounds like it's very filling. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I was stuffed, but only because I don't I just didn't eat a lot. And it's African food, so it's kind of sits no, weird. It was, I, I was Live very. I, I, <laughs> no, no. Did you? You liked it, though. Right? I liked it a lot, especially yeah. their um, ginger and carrot soup. Now, the ginger and carrot soup is amazing. It was so refreshing. Yeah. And the curries, uh, they have like a couple of curry soup, and they got like. Thai, uh, uh, chicken curry soup. Chicken yeah. curry soup, and they have uh, some uh, hummus. They have different hummuses, of course. Yeah. What else? Like I mean, freshly made. Oh, oh, and rum rum cakes or something that the we zebra had. Cakes. Zebra cakes with rum. I, I was just like, what mulatto child thought this up? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Really? Nice. <laughs> oh, we got some more hot people coming in with a fake mustache. Fake mustache. <laughs> oh, is that on your glasses? That's so ingenious. Nice. That's so nice. Ingenious. Good job. Good job. So so we haven't really talked about where we are oh, for gay days. Not really. So we're in the Bear Den, which is basically way over by sorry, the Bear. Did you bear... say Dare Den? Bear. It's coming bear. up. Did I say it's Dare? Coming it's coming up. It's coming up. It's coming up. It's coming up. It's dare. 
Wow. Wow. Over my head, too. So we're in the bear den, way on the other side of the property from everything else in civilization. That gets cut out. That gets cut out. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. No, it does not. Because we knew it was going to be a little off the beaten path, but we didn't know how far into Egypt it would be. But, you know, it's been a blast. Yes, Everyone we have had. has been super nice. Including those gentlemen. Oh, my God. I love and I own your shirt. I love it. Rock out with your cock out. Awesome threadless T-shirt. Fantastic. Another Barioke regular, I think. What's your, I don't, Matt and Pat. Oh, I did not know that. With a great voice. New people. I'm sorry. Good. Oral is on the spot. What's your name? Matt. Matt, welcome to Flame On. It's a gay nerdy podcast. That's flameonshow.com. Fantastic. So what are you doing here? How are you enjoying your gay days? I'm enjoying them very much. Oh, what have you done so far? I'm basically hung out at the Tidal Wave host hotel for the most part. Which one was that? Tidal Uh, Wave? The Royal Plaza over by the Disney... Oh, see, nice area, nice area. Meth heads are, you Girl, know, put that mic closer to his face. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> up in it like a slap. dick. He needs there slap. We go. Yeah, all up in the face. Right That's now. better. <laughs> right there. Do you need towel? <laughs> <laughs> Does this seem familiar to you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. I plead the fifth on that one. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you know everyone? Uh, let's see. Pat is my best friend. Bears in the city. Yes, got to love him with his bears in the city. And Chadwick. With, uh, Hi, Chadwick. Is a dear, dear friend as well. And Ramon is also Ramon. my best friend. Oh, Ramon. Hi. How are you? With my the awesome cool. t-shirt. Nice to meet you. Flame so you slept with everybody. <laughs> <laughs> now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> which, which Sex in the City chick are you then? I want to know. Which one was I? I guess. Charlotte. You're Charlotte. You're a Charlotte. I, I never really watched the show, so I'm like, which one am I? Uh, whatever was left. Is that what you did? <laughs> no, he's, he's our young, naive one. Oh, well, yeah. He's the eternal optimist. So. Oh, well, that's good. Oh, he is me, he's though. Yet, he's yet to be Wait a minute. Wait, hang on. Wait. Well, Pat, which one are you? I'm Carrie. <laughs> of course. So Although Samantha a, probably would have worked. You're a no, slut that I'm thinks they the can man. afford <laughs> a fabulous apartment. <laughs> our, our Baron Vietnam is Samantha. Oh, that yeah, one. Oh. Vietnam Baron Tour. Oh, he's old. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Oh, true, true. Old whore. Old whore. It works. Matthew needs to be listening to this. Yes. Yes. Uh, We will will make sure he does. Yes, yes, we are recording. So, Ramon, now that you've, um, now that we're recording, do you have anything to say? Have you? She just got married. Yeah, You know Cynthia Noxon just got married? Nixon, yeah. Yeah. To a man. It looks like a man anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was a man. It's gay day. She's the more feminine of the two. (laughs) She She, looking like a man. She looking like a man. (laughs) She is music royalty. Chaz Bono has gone through so much in his life. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. That was great. (laughs) Not Chaz. You know, she could kind of hang out here, actually. She'd fit in right in. She'd be a good bear. So, how are you oh, they, enjoying they gay days, Ramon? Yeah, we have to. Yeah, Stop talking, Brian. I'm oh, talking now. I'm interviewing. Back to Lois. So, I'm sorry, you were saying before you so rudely interrupted? So, I'm having fun so far. Okay, what have you done? Besides no, the man standing who? right next to you? <laughs> well. Just drinking and hanging out. <laughs> but you're not rocking out with your cock out? That's what you are wearing, sir. Well, what the hell? Well, last night, yes. Oh. What about today? All right, good. At least there's something. Today's relaxing. Today's relaxing, tired. Mm. You know, ginseng will take care of that for you. <laughs> or 10-hour energy drink. 
five hour, ten hour. Like, ten hour? <laughs> oh, I just double shot it. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> then we're back to Whitney in the bathtub. <laughs> Circle of life, you people. <laughs> Lord. Well, do you guys have any plans for later on today? I'm just hanging out before I head back home. Where's home? Tampa. I'm sorry. Everybody's here. From, everybody here from Trampa. What the hell? Uh, stand for karaoke and then headed home. Oh like yeah. That. Oh. What are you okay, gonna sing? Cool. What are you gonna sing? Um, it depends. I'm not sure what I'm in the mood for today. Oh. Maybe some uh, alternative. Really? Doors down. <gasps> stuff like that. I'm looking forward to that. Some what? Who? David, David Cook. Cook. I don't know who oh. that is. Uh, he was one of the American <laughs> Idol winner people. That explains why I don't know who that is. <laughs> Oh, he's hot? He's very hot. No, he, did he win? No, he didn't win. Yeah, he's he, no he, Taylor he, he, Hicks, he okay. I'll tell you that. He was hot. I'm sorry. <laughs> that that reference is lost on me. <laughs> really? Oh, you don't watch it. That's the only one I watch. Oh, yeah, wiki it, bitch. <laughs> Get your phone out. Look, I'm still paying twenty nine ninety nine for the rest of my life to Britannica. I ain't switching. <laughs> I ain't switching. Nice. Oh, look at that. Ronell disappeared. I know. <laughs> well, thank you so much for talking with us. Oh, no problem. And you too. Thanks. Okay. Man, you are you are Lois Lane, Johnny on the spot. <laughs> you are the new question. We don't even need the old one. He's just gone. Like oh, we ever oh, did. Oh, <laughs> snip it out. Snip it out. Oh, they're gone. No. <laughs> In addition to our normal When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Episodes where we review media. Throughout the year, we also throw in our one-on-one episodes. The one-on-ones are basically single-topic episodes that are all about a single thing. In this case, we've actually pulled a couple from this year. Uh, we did an episode with the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence here in Orlando, Florida. And we talk about the history of their organization. And then we follow that up with the gender so This was actually a, an episode that we were sponsored by various fans of our show. And they outpicked this topic. And uh, thankfully, this was the topic that won out. Um, and then the third show uh, we were going to highlight here is our Jean Grey 101. This was actually a special project by Pat and Eric, our resident Phoenix fans. And they spent quite a lot of time talking about their very favorite X-Men, Jean Grey. So uh, hope you enjoy our 101 episodes. Let's, let's get a little history lesson in here because I, I don't know much about the, uh, the sisterhood. If, if you, if you could. Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll take the helm. Um, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence uh, started in 1979 over in San Francisco, California. Um, a bunch of guys moved there from Cedar Rapids and um, had done theater stuff back home in Iowa. And they said to 
Abbey of Nuns, hey, we're doing Sound of Music. They weren't doing Sound of Music. And mm-hmm. we need these nun habits. Ha 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 ha. And the nuns <laughs> gave them these old, retired for real nun habits, and they just kind of stashed them away. They did a couple drag shows with them, and then when they moved to San Francisco, it was one of the few pieces of drag they moved with. So, fast forward, it's like a year later in 79 in San Francisco, and it's like Easter weekend, and they're like, let's throw on these habits. Just and, for fun. Yeah, just for fun. It's Easter weekend, whatevs. And they threw on the nun's habits. Um, one of them in particular painted his face white because he used to do that and take weird photos of himself questionably More intoxicated. On that More yeah. on that But anyway, later. so he threw on the face and they went traipsing down to the Castro district, which at the time had the whole Castro clone look where, you know, you wore tank tops and had this very masculine appearance. And here comes these bearded drag nuns floating down the street blessing people on Easter weekend in the Castro and people were not prepared. It was a wonderful image and people loved it. There were, People were you know, calling out my sister, blah blah blah, bless me, my sister. And it was this sweet, funny, like, okay, you know, there's this conflict in the Castro betwixt the estab- Catholic establishment and this new gay community that's growing up there. And they just kind of put a fun spin on it. Um, and then just like years later, over the next couple of years, they started getting invited to like social activism fundraisers and um, a Cuban refugee crisis. Uh, event they invited them to go and put the fun basically into fundraising for the event (laughs) and the sisters kept on showing up they went to a uh, nuclear crisis um uh what's the word i'm looking for nuclear crisis yeah oh oh, three three mile island three mile island the three mile island thing happened and there was all these like you know questions protest parade yeah exactly and so the sisters got invited to that and they found themselves kind of smack dab in the middle of what traditional sisters would have done um basically being advocates for peace um inclusivity ministry to the community um fundraising for charities in need and they found that you know they could really be the vision of what they were accidentally jokingly you know portraying but be it for real for progressive minded and lgbt communities Mm -hmm. um they ended up starting the first AIDS candlelight vigil before AIDS was an acronym. Um, They broke all sorts of societal taboos, not just about gender, but about religion and open-mindedness. And they basically, for the last 30 years, have spread chapters throughout the world. There's um, one over in Seattle that was the first one, and then they migrated down to Australia. Australia, wow. France, Paris. Berlin. Berlin, and then they spread all the way across the United States. or within Berlin. Yeah. Oh, they keep they keep they, it divides. It's like mitosis over there right yeah. now. <laughs> like one group will split, and then we have four chapters. And yeah, now there's chapters everywhere. From there's a rogue group in New York City. There's a new chapter that just started in Dallas, Fort Worth, this last year. Wow. There's one in Birmingham, Canada. Alabama. There's Canada, fact, Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a large squadron of sisters across the world. A plague. <laughs> yes. A plague of nuns. A, a, glitter, a glitter infestation <laughs> throughout the world. But each chapter shares the same common goals of trying to banish guilt, spread joy, bring joy and unity to the community, and put the fun back in fundraising, as I said, and try to help their community as ever, however best they can. So every every chapter has their own flavor. The same overarching principles with I I would say local exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. So tell us then about when and how Orlando's chapter started. Ooh. Our, well, <laughs> you were never able to do it a few years ago. Uh-huh. 
<laughs> a few years ago, I actually came in right in the midst of, I believe, what year was it that we actually? Um, I don't think we had. I don't think house. we had. We were still an aspirant group when you were joined. When I joined, we were still a, an aspirant group, and then uh, I would say about six months into my uh, postulancy, we uh, then gained our full profession which means that we are officially a part of the house. But they'd been working towards it for a year up until then. Yeah. Um, Three different nuns. Myself, um, Sister Isadora, or sorry, Sister Isabella, Isabella Ringing, Ringing and Sister Magina Burns. Mm. Um, <laughs> one was from, Isabella was from Seattle, and then um, Magina was from Tampa. Um, and they both had previous experience working with those houses, and they both were like, hey, we want to start Orlando House. Right, and you um, contacted them, didn't you? Well, I contacted the United Nuns Privy Council. There's a council mm-hmm. of the United States houses. Of um, course. And they, yeah, they oversee, basically since, you know, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence <coughs> name is a trademark, they want to make sure new groups that want to start a chapter sure. are going to give it a good name and not run away with... So there's a process for starting a house. Yeah. We were just discussing this. It's pretty dinner, regimented, actually. too. There's, there's, a, there's an under Underlying threat of anarchy, but all within the confines of a, <laughs> yeah of of some sort of order and and yes, absolutely. There yeah, is, there's can... a regimented process by which your house becomes a fully professed house. But basically, in short, they like make sure that you want you do X amount of fundraisers for your community or community events. Mm-hmm. Um, that you're making good resources and contacts with your community. Um, that you draft your own pro- mm-hmm. good mission and bylaws and get your look going and most importantly register as a non-profit organization of course that's yeah, gotta with be the irs which key thing. i had Lots never made bylaws before oh but, yeah <laughs> but sitting there and filing that away was oh my my yeah See, i was in and i am in a fraternity and every mm-hmm. time i've heard about your your process and some of the things to me it sounds like a fraternity it's it has that yeah or sorority if you will yeah. it has a sororal, a sororal aspect to it i would say lots of process there's very regimented sort of uh, initiation yeah. paths that you take you have different statuses and you mentioned a couple of them like the stages of uh, development that you're in yeah, yes. talk about that i think because that's kind of interesting well when you first begin you're an aspirant um, and that just means that you're an interested party. You would like to know a little bit more than you come to a few meetings. Okay. Um, no dressing up, nothing. No, yet. you just come to a few meetings and we want to see, we want you to see what we're all about because come, some people come into it just seeing all the glitter of it and they don't see all of the work that goes right. into things. And they might just want, see you at an event and that's all they know. Right. And we want them to know a little bit more about what our mission is and we want to make sure that they're on board with that mission. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if, if, that still appeals to you, then you um, can file to become a postulant. And a postulant, uh, you'll see them out wearing gray. Uh, some people refer to them as pre-nuns. That's been my favorite so far. <laughs> pre-nuns. She's, a oh, so she's pre-nun. A big, oh, my she's Lord. She's a pre-nun. <laughs> yes. Oh, my Lord. Yes. Delicious. But yeah, it's this really austere habit, basically. Yeah, it's 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 Maria and the Sound of yes. Music. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> The little velcroed head with the To me, it's one of the most nunly looking things that we that we actually wear. I, I think I I think it's cute. So it's it's the um, postulant grays, and um, should you choose to continue, and it's it follows basically the steps that uh, a Catholic nunnery would. Similar, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but we never try to be too cloak and dagger with it. No. It's not to, you know, keep people out. No, or... no. It's really, it's really more of uh, your process of of coming to become a fully professed sister, and it's it's your own personal journey. And however long that takes you is however long it takes you. And um, so, what you would do after that is um, you would find a big sister. So there's a mentorship mm-hmm. uh, part of it, and then 
uh, onward from that, you would go into being a novice sister, and you would do a novice project, which is your first foray into fundraising work and mm. uh, some sort of outreach. So there, this all takes about a year, um, and then the fully professed membership votes, and hopefully you become a fully professed sister, but... As any fully professed sister should tell you, it doesn't end there because there's always going to be something to be learned and yeah. some new insight into your community and uh, exactly. into why you did this. And those those reasons, for me at least, change constantly. Yeah, the same the same reason why we have the mentorship process in, in the individual level <laughs> was the same reason why, you know, the nationwide houses have their basically accreditation for right. lack of a better word processes they want to make sure that the person's heart is in the right place that they're doing this for the right reasons because yeah we can all everyone out there can do drag and do you know <laughs> throw on the glitter and the lipstick and have fun but you know the fact that you're doing it to help your community and that you really at the end of the day aren't doing this for like ego reasons right. it's really to go and help others yeah. um you just want to make sure that they've got that process down and even learn that that most important part the non, the novice project seeing like hey this is how you put together a nonprofit fundraiser which or... is a really valuable <laughs> thing to know mm-hmm. well it is very much I, so. I went into it knowing very little about putting together any kind of um, community event and I absolutely learned a lot from it and I, I what's great is you've got that process built in so you have all these people that have done it before you and you know what not to do right off the this bat. This is a hopefully. check disbursement form. Mm-hmm. This is a <laughs> this is how you get a 1099 for a nonprofit organization. Do they fit with our organization's goals? Paperwork, paperwork, paperwork. paperwork. Oh. <laughs> but it's it's great. It's that backstory. The women in comics now today, like especially when it comes to Marvel, they seem to be the most powerful. And all the teams and stuff, they are the most powerful ones. And what? I've always wondered. I, I don't know. I mean, for me, my little fandom of seeing them more powerful is because I am a gay man. I look at myself, not then that everybody does, but I look at myself as a weaker. Mm-hmm. And to see women so powerful kind of <laughs> gives me inspiration or gives me that power to fall back. That diva mentality? Yeah. Yes. yes. But that's where they are now. I would right. say that starting back early in the comics yes. era, yes. they were very much in, like <laughs> a lot of other literature, the damsel in distress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then later became the what is it the girl in the refrigerator? It's, it's a woman in the refrigerator. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that's just terrible. <laughs> yeah, which I had not really read much about. Although I do recall the issue from yeah. Green Lantern. Yeah. I remember that one. Oh, um, well, why, why, why don't you? you know, Question: let, I don't think let, we were alive then. <laughs> Actually, let, let the listeners. You were sucking on your mommy's nipple. Where, where did this term come from? Well, it came from an issue of Green Lantern when Kyle Rad, Kyle Rad, Kyle, Kyle Rad, Rainer. Rainer, thank you. Sorry. I have a friend in Kyle Rad. Kyle Rainer, his girlfriend was killed by force majeure. Is that? Uh, major force. Major force or whatever. Force yeah. majeure. Well, they get it like all fancy. <laughs> it's DC for God's sake. It's a playoff force majeure. I'm surprised force. it wasn't force man. <laughs> a force boy. <laughs> I can't believe you're hating on DC. Anyway. Um, but no, anyway, so he kills her and stuffs her in his refrigerator, Kyle's refrigerator. Mm-hmm. And it spawned this whole internet thing uh, led by Gail Simone, now a very prominent comics writer who's a woman. Prominently a woman mm-hmm. as a comics writer, too, but see that as it may. <laughs> um, started this whole internet thing back when it was more like bulletin board style internet and had a lot of other people chime in about all this women and their terrible, terrible, victimized roles in comics. And it's used as a plot device rather than being a legitimate character. Yes, very much so. Whereas now, I think a little bit more, hopefully, is character-driven, like uh, what happened recently with uh, Mockingbird and, you know, the different, you know, female characters that have been, you know, injured and then empowered and even Miss Marvel or Captain Marvel now. But um, um, For those of you who need uh, a layman translation, 
think old school, like 80s, 90s, Gene and, um, or Phoenix and... Rogue? No, not Storm. Rogue. No, not Storm. Uh, Sue Richards. How it's oh. always pop up the force field. Oh, Scott. Oh, Reed. And now, like, <laughs> ultimate, uh, ultimate uh, Sue can, like, hold back tidal waves with with her mind. That's cool. Well, she did, like, as the years progressed, she was able to, there was, like, I think Terax took up New York and started bringing it to space, and she put a force field over the whole thing. Wow. I mean, blood's pouring down her face. It was graphic. Ooh. But it was pretty good, I mean, to see her do that. And she was like, shut up. But, I mean, you know, again, this is more recent, but back in the day, it was a plot device, and it was, like, you know, damsel in distress, the woman oh. on the the woman yeah. on the woman uh, railroad, railroad tracks. tracks. That's what I keep thinking <laughs> yes. of when I say damsel in distress, which actually, damsel in distress goes back even further, but, mm-hmm. I mean, this is an old archetype in media of all kinds TV, well i mean movies, yeah, look literature at, everything look at batgirl she had a purse with lipstick and a compact oh, and yeah you know no was it batgirl or batwoman i think it was batgirl uh, well batwoman definitely loves the lipstick yeah and they had like the compact she that she would get the it. fingerprints <laughs> you know shit like I that that she would do yeah like that was the super but wonder woman wasn't she a little bit more well i mean she was a dominatrix to begin with <laughs> let's talk <laughs> about that. Let's just, well, back up here if we're gonna get into wonder woman her origins she was written by a very strangely repressed adventurous uh, uh psychologist who actually was doing research against comics and the comics industry uh dc co-opted him to write this character and he based it on his very interesting personal life where he had a girlfriend and a wife in the same house. And 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 all of the early Wonder Woman stuff is completely like bondage everywhere. Oh, yeah. She, and, and mostly her, which is kind of funny because he was talking about how he was trying to give a female version of like Superman. Very much pro sort of woman. But the way he wrote it was pervy and totally like sexy bondage stuff. Well, so, that's why, like, in the original series, that's how she lost her powers. Like, every she, time she was bound she, by a man. By a man. By a man, yeah. She was powerless. I'm like, huh. But what about that one chick that was, they called her Wonder Woman? Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> that was a woman villain. <laughs> yeah, but, but now in the most recent uh, Wonder Woman arc, when she takes off her bracelets, uh, like, her, literally takes off her shackles, she becomes, like, wildly powerful. And she... She becomes Zeus's daughter, like fully fledged, and beats the crap out of Artemis. So it's completely symbolic and uh, you know growth for the character there. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. So yeah, I mean th- these characters have come a long way. Unfortunately, I'm sorry. I said like that, Virginia Slim. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, baby. Um, but I think there's still even to this day sort of a misuse of women in comics. One of the writers I read pointed out that women characters are oftentimes killed off for dramatic effect, but they're not brought back very readily. Whereas the male characters, it's just a matter of when, not if. Um, they didn't cite any examples of that, but I'm sure if we thought put our thinking caps on, we might think of uh, some woman. Well, uh, Sue Digby, but she, or uh, not Digby. What's the Dibney? Dibney. What the hell's wrong with you? I don't know. I'm sick. I'm <laughs> Do you sick. read comics? <laughs> Shut up. He's sick and he's I, drinking beer. Identity crisis is on my shelf. Shut up. But, but I mean, what's his name's not back either? So I don't yeah, know. Ralph. So I mean that that I mean it Ooh, happened. But what's his name's wife? Uh, the Adams wife, the Jean, one who killed everybody. Jean though. Loring. Yeah. yeah. Why do I know this? I don't know. And you were just dishing on DC. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> well, Eric, since you're yes. a huge fan of Jean Grey, yes. I want to understand why why you find her appealing. What 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 empowerment do you feel from Jean Grey? It's this is oh. the same sort of effect that so many uh, other gay men have towards Wonder Woman. But okay. 
do I tell the truth or do I give like the nice comic book version? Give me the comic book version. All right, the comic book version is I just I see this this character that for me to looking at Jean Grey, she's the most loved in the X Men. Like she's been dead for so long, but almost every story arc wraps around her. She's oh, still so prominent. Well, hey, the the evolution from Marvel Girl to dot, Dark dot, Phoenix to Dark Phoenix. You know the progression, her growth. I I. I it's my fast, I, absolute power. I love that. I'm fascinated by it. I'm intrigued by it. It would take me five minutes before I would destroy the world if I had the power of the Phoenix. And to see her do that, to see her struggles with the Phoenix Force, and to see that power that she possesses to do anything, mm-hmm. uh, to enslave the human race, uh, that's right, what I want. We're, what, what, we're, we're not everybody sec- thinks about this. <laughs> we're getting into sexual fantasies now. So let's, let's I didn't that. say man. I said the human race. I kept it, you know, <laughs> diverse. <laughs> well, I think one of the things with, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> rock is talking. I need to signal in the rock, rock talk. Um, I think one of the things, and I love Jean Grey, and I have for a long time, and, you know, kind of talking about the role of women, especially in the comics, and I, I grew up with X-Men. That was huge part of part of my life. And from the say mid 90s on i always kind of looked at the women as being kind of that oddly powerful and i and i I get the damsel in distress and you know i think of snidely whiplash and you know (laughs) old dudley do right like i think of all those things when you talk about that but uh gene gray i think when it comes down to it is almost kind of like the mother figure and because she is that She's the heart and soul of it all. And I see where you're coming from with the Phoenix part of it. You know, and I, I love Dark Phoenix Saga above and beyond everything else. Like, I've been reading. I've gotten back into reading some of the stuff. Thank you, all of you. <laughs> um, but the that whole piece of it, when it came down to it, and, you know, obviously it wasn't really her. But it was right. that struggle of heart versus power and trying to find that balance and seeing somebody that was able to wrap all that power into everything and then whether or not it was just the the embodiment of her persona in the phoenix that took it to that next level where it had a conscience it had a heart more than anything else and she was so powerful enough to put it at rest and i love that i love to see her that the growth of her to do that even though it did turn out not to be her but just to see all that just fascinated me and i think i think think no matter i think no matter what is that either which way it was almost a reciprocal venture for the phoenix at that point because with bringing gene back no matter what it almost was like a piece of the phoenix lived in her while a piece of her lived in the phoenix right and that's why and then after they brought her back you know from the bottom of the ocean she still she kept on that progression because of the fact that the phoenix was a part of her at some point in right time. when they did end song they explained that they neither can survive without the other anymore and i did like like people ask me they're like okay who do you want to see do you want to see phoenix or do you want gene gray back and i much because she's the heart and soul i'd much rather have gene gray exactly you know, yeah. just to well, see a bitch slap emma <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow well, but she won't well anyway um i think pat raises a great point though the x books have i think historically more than any other series been very pro woman empowerment having such a rich character i mean they have you know, Rogue, Shadowcat, uh, Storm. 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 Well, look at Storm. I mean, back in the day, she was the leader, powerless. She beat Cyclops for leadership of the X Men. Yeah. 
You know, and she was leader. It was the first, never mind African American woman. Yes, she was the first woman that was in charge of a big team in Marvel. Absolutely. So I think the X books really have paved the way, and now you see with the Avengers a bit more of that. Although I mean, the Avengers have had their strong women too. But well, they try. See, like I see, like the Avengers, even the Justice League. Like I remember, they had Black Canary for a second chairperson. Yeah, and it was a joke because Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman still in charge on the side. Yeah, you know, so they still treated them like a joke. So it's like you'll still have like your Captain America. Everybody will go to Superman or Batman, and they won't really take them seriously. Going into the Dark Phoenix Saga, the Phoenix Saga, the Dark Phoenix Saga. Eric, tell us about the intro to the first time the Phoenix was introduced into the, the X universe. First time, I mean, right off the bat, how it happened is that she sacrificed herself. Like she put every Scott into a coma, threw him, and they put in there was that radio act. Uh, the, that shielding yes so the radio cosmic rays wouldn't hit them and she was like willing to give up her life and that's when the phoenix calls out to her and says you know i could save your friends i could save this and i remember reading it when my friend gave it to me and seeing her body like totally deteriorating like she her hair was half gone like you saw the radiation like killing her and then that's when she was just like okay for them so she didn't take the phoenix where she wanted to survive she took the phoenix where she wanted her friends to survive yeah, from the get-go, it was all about them because that was the thing. And that's where we were talking about the, the tele, uh, her telepathic powers being there beforehand because she did learn how to fly the shuttle through telepathy. And then she her whole thing was, I'm, I have telekinetic powers. I can put a shield up. I have the best chance of getting this to Earth in one piece. Anybody else that tries to do it isn't going to have that as soon as those cosmic rays hit. You're dead, we're done, and that's right. it. So, yeah, it was definitely that fearlessness, that self-sacrifice to say, you know what, if I die, it's worth it because I'm saving the people that I love, and that's exactly what the Phoenix reached out for, and that's what bonded it to Jean Felt Grey. saw her sacrificing and just said, let me help. Huh. Little do we know. <laughs> and then we have the iconic scene... That is depicted on Eric's shirt. My which... shirt. When she just comes out of the water, I am Phoenix. Exactly. Uh, and then drops like a rock. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Somebody catch me. <laughs> I am life incarnate. Oh. And if you ever watch the cartoon, if you look at her, her lips are quivering. <laughs> yes, people, that's how many times I've seen it. Yes, yes, I know. I'm psychotic. Which uh, the cartoon, I think, for being a kids' show in the '90s on what Saturday mornings, mm-hmm. really did a great job depicting the entire Phoenix Saga from the first Phoenix Saga when she took the powers on and became the iconic um, green and gold Phoenix. Uh, yes, uh, you know that I could teleport the whole team into the spaceship with Lalandra, but then I have to drop. <laughs> then I can't do anything to help you from there on in. I never understood that, but I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> I can pinpoint Scott with, <laughs> with accuracy. Oh, there he is. Uh. <laughs> she always said bursts of power. She did. <laughs> and then had to take a nap. <laughs> we like to call them siestas. <laughs> she went Spanish. Who knew? <laughs> She is La Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm imagining this with, with this picture of G. Gray with a sombrero on her head. <laughs> Maybe we can get Jared to uh, depict that as the art for this episode. <laughs> uh, 
Um, but then we went through the whole thing with her being the phoenix, and everything was all fine and dandy. Until the absolute power. Until... It was Mastermind, really. I, I was going to say... played with her. It was Mastermind who kind of tripped all of the breakers in her head. Because Charles, knowing that this was going to be, you know, something she needed to gradually grow into, grow into and, and become and live, put the psychic breakers into her head. So that way she did not have absolute power from the get-go, because we all know absolute power corrupts absolutely. Yay! And, um... It, I may be wrong. I again, I don't have a, a huge, definitive knowledge of everything before the Phoenix Saga, um, but the this was, I think, the first really major depiction of the Hellfire Club. That was the first appearance of the Hellfire. It was okay. Yeah, it was uh, I, I, I thought so. I just wasn't positive. Um, and that's where you had Sebastian Shaw, uh, Franklin Pierce, uh, Donald Pierce, Donald Pierce, yes, uh, Leland, yeah, Leland Who's that, that Price. I know his last name is Leland. I forget his Wayland, Wayland Leland, something like that. Yeah. But he was the one who could manipulate mass. Yes, he's yes, and he's the one that crushed queen? Wolverine into the uh, yeah right the to sewer. The <laughs> and then you had the White Queen, and between her and uh, Mastermind, and what uh, what was Mastermind's? Mastermind role? can create illusions. No. Emma made them real. Yes, but what was his? Because they were all they all had um, chess names. Jason Weingard. But they, yeah, well that, that was, was his, his. That was his. Persona, his, his illusion and, persona. Oh, uh, was he like the Black Rook? Oh, I don't know. I don't remember that. Because uh, he had the White Queen. He had the Black King was Sebastian Shaw. Right. Um, See, I don't know Pierce. I didn't know if he had a title or... They, they all did, a but they weren't really referred to. Emma was the only one who has never really had... Really? A, anything else except the White it's, Queen. It's, yeah, it's her name or <laughs> the, the White, White Queen. Queen, and that was it. She never really had a another supervillain name where everybody else, Sebastian Shaw... They all went by their names really more than anything else. But uh, but yeah, Mastermind popped himself in as Jason Wingard mm. and uh, took her back into medieval times and revolutionary times and basically manipulated Phoenix into being the Black Queen of the Hellfire Club. In a little bra and panties. <laughs> a corset. <laughs> and her hair up in that crazy that bun. Big bun. That big, huge bun. <laughs> I don't even think you can call that a bun. That's, that's her sombrero right there. <laughs> she wrapped it around the sombrero. I think there was a chin strap. I don't know. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> when we said this might be the gayest podcast ever. It is ever. the gayest podcast. It really is. But, yeah, she became the Black Queen, and she was just downright evil. But then the Jean Grey part that was still kind of there was the one that fought. Do you remember how she broke free of Mastermind's hold? It was... Oh. They captured the X-Men. They the captured X -Men the X-Men and the she battled... Uh, he was battling Cyclops, but she went and killed... See, I get mixed up. Is it the cartoon I'm thinking of or the actual comic book? I think it was... I, I think they were actually both pretty close. Pretty close, right? Yeah, they, they captured all of them because the X-Men broke into the Hellfire Club and they fought. That was the whole thing with... Um, Peer, or yeah, with the, Wait, the Leland Leland knocking Wolverine into the the sewer, um, and then they had them all chained up. But because Jean and Cyclops still had their psychic link, he popped into her head in their revolutionary times, and they had the duel. Wingard and Damn. Cyclops had the duel when Wingard won and stabbed and ran him through with the sword and killed, quote unquote, killed him. Right, they uh, that was what triggered Jean's breakthrough, as opposed to 
the Black Queen taking over and being a part of the Hellfire Club, and that's when she finally turned around and said, I'm not the Black Queen, and then made Wingard. All right, I'm going to play something. This is how crazy I am. Right? I've already been free. Set free from the constraints of sympathy and morality that bind ordinary human beings. The Phoenix Force inside me aches for sensation. Jason Weingard has shown us the way. Can't you see it all around you? There's only darkness. This is not your mind. Wingard is deceiving you. Now, when I get mad, that's what I listen to. <laughs> I love that cartoon so much that whenever I, whenever I think of them speaking, it's always in those voices all the time. Oh, yeah. That's exactly how I hear it. And I have that. I have a few clips that I just, when I have my moments, I just listen over and over. I've got the DVDs out in the garage. I'm telling <laughs> you, I made too. sure. I, I had to pack up a bunch of stuff. I made sure that that stayed out. I'm like, if I ever just have one of those days... Pop in X Men Volume Whatever. I think it's three. Dark Phoenix Saga, and hit play and just watch him through. <laughs> but yeah, so she made so she broke free of uh, Wingard and made him one with the stars. Oh, turned him into a fucking vegetable. I was just, do you want to see me how I truly am? <laughs> I was like, whoa, <laughs> and he's gone. And that was, I think, the first time that we saw that uh, Mastermind was like this really ugly old man. Yeah, that was the illusion. Away the illusion of Jason Wingard. And he was at just almost he reminded me of a little bit of Toad. Yeah, kind of Toadish, very old, yes. and very like ugly. Ooh, yeah, was so ugly. She was probably, oh god. <laughs> She's like, now that's why I'm gonna show you how, how I truly am. <laughs> uh, so that that was really kind of the spark that ignited the Dark Phoenix, and then they went. She went crazy. They tried to stop her, and it took a turn for the moon. It did. From time to time, Flame On likes to bring on guests, whether they're in the studio or over Skype. Uh, we've had some great guests this past year. We had the Comic Book Geek. We had John O from the Geeks Out organization up in New York City. And uh, we've had a couple other guys, uh, Brett White, a writer from New York City, who we've gotten to know as well. Um, but uh, locally in Orlando, DJ Justice of Out Loud Orlando on 91.5. He's a friend of the store that we all go to, and he came on and did this great episode with us. I uh, hope you enjoy. What we haven't talked about. We haven't talked about you and I and the question going to Celebration. <gasps> Star Wars I Celebration. I left that off the thing. Well, let's jump right into that before we deal into the comic stuff, because it's not really comics. Star Wars Celebration, year six of Year it? six. This happened, what, three weeks ago, I think now? Two yeah. or three weeks ago, we got a media pass to go to this convention, which was awesome because it's fucking expensive. I didn't need the media pass because I have other connections. That's right, you do. Mm-hmm. And you got to meet Chris Hardwick. I got to meet Chris Hardwick, <gasps> and my little—I I, just—I freaked. The Nerdist is a major, like nerdy content, and he's a former comedian, former host uh, of. No, he's—he's he's a comedian. He's, he's comedian. comedian. Wait, the host of Singled Out? Yes. yes. <laughs> But he he's is other things now. <laughs> yes, yes, sir. Yeah. That's a, that's how I know him. Golden ticket, Jenny McCarthy, sing yeah. it up. Wow, yeah. I forgot about Jenny McCarthy being on it. So he is this major like nerd content. I, you know, whatever. that was the whole reason people how watched the damn show. But I mean, Not I guess us. it doesn't really appeal to this room. She was funny. I enjoyed Tease her. Tease galore, man. Exactly. I don't mind boobs. It's fine. Um, but no, so he was there and uh, hosting some stuff. I don't he know. He was hosting panels, but I didn't get to see that. I only got to be there for a couple of hours. But it was super fun to walk around 
see it was cute i mean it's it's funny because like there's lots of star wars stuff to do yes but unless you want to go to certain panels you're just you're gonna panels were outrageous you had to wait in line for hours and i know that's not uncommon at thursday i didn't have to you're a star wars junkie I like Star Wars. You went on Sunday, right? No, yeah, Which I went. It was fun. Why aren't you imagine, talking more? Imagine going to a, like a comic convention. Right. It's only about one comic book. <laughs> well, yeah, but but you know, yeah, everyone's the, dressed up as the same characters. Just thinking, yeah. It was like there's eight thousand Supermans. No, yeah. <laughs> there were nine thousand Slave Leias. No, there yeah, were half. Of, no, not half. No, uh, the problem is half, men. Of, half of those bitches don't need to be in Slave Leia. There attire. were guys in Slave Leia. It was no, like, I'm sorry. If, if that's like if you have like ten pounds of crap to stuff into like a five pound bag. Then you do not dress up like Slave Leia. Nice. No, I got pictures with like a dozen Darth Mauls. It was, Did you? It was awesome. you love and we Darth saw Maul. the Star Wars in sixty minutes. Did you guys? No, see that? no, no. Oh man, it was the, last year. It was Star Wars in thirty minutes, and they did the original thing, just like improv. Troop, right, got up right. and just ran through all the lines, did all these like funny things. Yeah. And uh, this time, this year they did the prequels and the original trilogy, and it was hilarious. It was great. The it only was, panel it was worth the price of admission. I went to two panels. I went to the nineteen or thirteen thirteen, the new game that's coming out that mm. looks amazing. And I went to the Anthony Daniels panel and I will tell you right now, Anthony Daniels voiced or played C three PO. Biggest faggot I've seen in like, you know, on stage and forever, probably since I went to like Broadway. I mean it was just ridiculous. Have since you ever you seen yourself perform with Since the I hosted mirror? the Hickman panel, yes. What? Have you ever seen yourself perform with the mirror? No. Okay. Well, what do you mean by perform? Can we qualify this? I have a picture on my wow. phone of that. I have a mirror on my headboard, actually. You like, would. I took the picture and, like, I then I posed. Yeah. So that the. Never mind. That's okay. <laughs> you know, detail's good. So, um, Anthony Daniels pranced around for an hour. An hour doing this shtick about trying to, like, make fun of Star Wars fans, basically. And he brought people up on stage to answer Star Wars trivia questions that he couldn't answer. And he was just. It was. He was brilliantly like charismatic but then he was kind of a dick to people too it was kind of it worked but it was just awkward Is and c-3po yes mm. and then I, they... I can feel a little bit sorry for him if you were c-3po and you've had people coming up to you for the last 30 years yes geeking out nerding out guys that live with their mom wanting you to like do shit and mm-hmm. talk to a robot and sign dude i can see a little i can see the seed of bitterness having grown but the man has made his Millions by now, I'm sure, off of this thing. And he's still involved. He's a host of the Star Wars symph- symphonic concert they do mm-hmm. all over. So, I mean, the man has made a 30-year career out of, like, one series of movies he did. So, yeah, I could see him being a dick and kind of being bitter about it, but it's finance his whole damn career. But imagine how many other times he may have wanted to try and do something else artistically or creatively, and he's going to be always pigeonholed into that. Sure. No matter what he does... No matter how talented he is or, you know, qualified, he's always going to be the damn C-3PO guy. It's true. I have to agree with Justice. It's true. Hart refuses to sing these dreams anymore. And I want them to. <laughs> I love, dude. Hart, Hart looks back on their career in the 80s and mm. basically says, that was like coonery and buffoonery. We sold yep. out. We sang songs we didn't write. We teased our hair. Yep. We did it. Those were our biggest hits. And it makes us infuriated, but it made us our money. And yeah. we admit that we sold out to do it. Hey, if you're on Netflix... Uh, the People versus George Lucas is a phenomenal documentary yes. that goes in and looks at the change of Star Wars fans from the original to when they redid the scenes and you know changed things and did Lucas really have the right to do that to your childhood memory and then into the anyway but it was a really informative documentary so if anyone's a Star Wars fan the People versus George Lucas is on Netflix available yep. streaming I don't work for Netflix I'm just saying 
We should have a Netflix promotion, though. Uh, that would have been very appropriate. So, um, we should all watch a movie on Netflix, like with our viewers, and do like commentary, like Mystery Science Theater <gasps> 3000. We've talked about this. Actually... This is a very controversial topic. But it should it should be to like the Rainbow Bright animated movie. <laughs> I love that movie. Or like He He Man Shira Secret of the Jim. Soul. Jim. We'll, we'll do a Jim. we'll do a Kimbra. She's truly Jim. outrageous. Oh is a dirty no, lesbian. Think about what? it. It's a nerdy show. Flame on new crossover where we do riff tracks for jamming the holograms. <laughs> you know, Cap will be all Cap up on is that. All over that. He practically is a hologram. Speaking speaking of Jem, have you seen the? Uh... Jizz. The jizz yeah, episodes. Jizz. I just saw that. Kimber is a dirty Everybody lesbian. Everybody needs an abortion. <laughs> Come to my concert and get an abortion. Motherfucking butterfly. I had never seen motherfucker, that. Motherfucker, 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 motherfucker. See, I'm so jealous. On my radio show, we're not allowed to curse in any way, shape, or form. Tuesdays at 4 o'clock on 91.5 FM, <laughs> outlaworlando.com. But yeah, you can listen oh, to that if, radio if, if show. you watching the chat? Yeah, no, no, no. 75% of it's just... No, it's not. I just went in like three mm-hmm. times and was like, hey, but then no one talked back. Did you know every time I... I like, I, we can't even say like hell, damn, or ass in the show. Like, I, You can't say hell? No. Uh, per uh, FCC-wise, you can, per the contract station on WPRK who I love and I'm very grateful they get exactly but anyway but yeah for their rules we can't even though we have wow. you know like a 16 second delay, it's so it really is the task of and I have to like wrangle in drunk drag queens and try and get them not to curse <laughs> every time wow. I guest star on the show I'm just like oh god please don't let me curse oh god please don't let me curse at my alma mater and shut down the radio show right oh god oh god uh, well, thankfully we don't have that limitation. So, um, fuck balls, ass. Exactly. Get out while you can. So let's talk, talk about some comics because comics are cool. Mm-hmm. So um, we we're going to talk about the whole night. I don't know what this other shit was. Yeah, yeah. I didn't look up the Google document. I don't no, know no, it's okay. We had a very busy last couple weeks. Okay. Yes, I'd like to say that nobody, nobody went to Dragon Con. Let's not talk about it, please. Let's not talk about Ron it. Ron is a huge fan of ours. Huge fan went to Dragon Con, represented for us. He took a buttload of flyers. Represented yes. for Four Flame on. That's why I brought it up. Four Flame on and for Barioki. Oh, and thank you so much, he's Ron. us interviews that we are going to be doing in the next couple weeks with comics creators that do gay web comics. So we will thank Ron. Oh my God, I didn't yeah. know that at all. Yes, maybe I should actually look at the the doc. It's okay. It's okay. If you come to Barioki more often, you can actually find this out because he's there all the time. Who? You can, you can come to the Tuesday night. Big one black man, kind of crazy hair. <laughs> sings kind of crazy. Anyway, so Dragon Con, if you went, great. If you saw Ron, fantastic. Where I'm did sorry. Dragon Con take place? Atlanta, Georgia. Hotlanta. Hotlanta. I saw a YouTube video that had been posted. Uh, these two guys have been together a couple years. They recreated the wedding of North Star and Kyle. Black Kyle. Yep. Black so what they Kyle. did was they were dressed up as you know just a black guy in a tuxedo, and the other one was dressed up as North Star. And Doctor Stone was strange. Just like someone was dressed up as Doctor Strange and yelling at everyone. But anyone else that was dressed as a hero was assembled to like watch the wedding. So when you first see it, you're like, oh, they're recreating the the issue of yep. Astonishing Next One. But then you start looking at the audience and you realize that there's like the wrong characters are there and people are dead and there's like more than one Moon Knight and you're like, why is the wizard at the wedding of North Star? So then I start getting really pissed off that they're like really effing up the continuity of, of gay Marvel wedding. I was like, the lizard doesn't want to see them get married. Who doesn't even understand what's going on? Like, what are you doing? Actually, North Star was our friend Brian that we met. Yes. At, uh, Wait, which one? The costume guy. Yeah, well, your buddy. He was. Just oh, you as, know the guy that did. Yeah, it? Brian oh, that's and cute. He's like sort of partner husband. I didn't know of, that. Yeah, that was the same guy. I didn't even see the pictures. Okay. What con did we go to? Uh, uh, both. 
Uh, Mer- no. Oh, Charlotte. Charlotte. Heroes Con. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Heroes yeah, yeah. Con. So, um, thank you, Ron. Like really someone was dressed up as like the Red Skull and like he's in the audience clapping for the gay wedding. You're like, no, Nazis don't like that. Which I thought is, it was going to be a funnier joke in my head. I take that. Back. No, no. It was, that was good. That's good. Failed miserably. So, um, in addition to that, oh. I went to... Oh, go ahead. I just want to mention Paul, the gay comic geek, yeah, was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he did Iceman. He yeah, made it was his good. entire body blue. It was really good. <laughs> he just wore a pair of underwear. Is he still in good shape? Because the last time I saw him... Yeah, he was. He wasn't really kind of carrying he the standard has, of like sexy guy anymore. He still well. has eight abs, so I think that's good. Looking Were they to me. drawn on or <laughs> like that? Yeah, the the one thing that you don't know, Justice, is that the question has this very soft spot for um, the gay comic geek. That's awful. That's cool. I don't have abs, but I play yeah. rugby and I like I kick ass and have a lot of. See, I find that, that more attractive than yeah, the, the abs no. thing. So I don't know. You will be mine. Um, <laughs> you will. Oh be yes, mine. you will be mine. Keep the receipt. You don't even know. <laughs> oh, nice. No returns allowed. What better way to close out the year than with probably one of the most vicious things Oral's ever said on the air? I uh, hope you enjoy this, and we look forward to recording some new episodes very soon. So stay tuned. And on that note. Flame off. Well, we're just keeping in mind that your mind all night today has been on chicken. Oh, you realize this, oh right? my right? God. Right? So we're just waiting for the I did not make reference. this. I am not. I'm just saying. Nothing I know to do. I'm going to regret saying this, but it is quite amusing. Seriously, I'm I out of this conversation. It. it was the pair rug that noticed it. <laughs> Sorry, under the bus. <laughs> well, time to take all three of you out. <laughs> oh, boy. Your husband still won't sleep with you, Eric. Correct. The library's open. <laughs> Jared, I've seen better wigs on Who Did It in Rain. Oh, <laughs> shit. And they're on the floor. Did they knock out your teeth when they shot you buckshot? <laughs> or was it just... Oh, oh, you're oh, just terrible. Oh, oh, watch out. Oh. Return fire. And there we go. I, listen, I just want to say, remember who fed you when you got to the house? It was very good. All right. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Yeah.